Hello and welcome to the next episode of Down Board Game Lane. I'm your host Andrew. In this episode, we're going to be changing it up a little bit. I got a different mic going, um, so we'll see how that benefits the podcast. If it's better, if it's worse, um, feel free to let me know by emailing me at downboardgamelane at gmail.com. Also, the first episode, now that's officially aired since I have access to Apple Podcasts as well, so now you can get it on Apple, Spotify, or, of course, on Anchor. In this episode, we are going to talk about the review of The Great Split. Now, and also one more surprise game afterwards. Now, this game, The Great Split, is by Horrible... Guild. This designer is Haljamar Hawk and Lorenzo Silva. Artist is Weberson Santiago. It's a game for two to seven players. Plays in about 45 minutes to an hour, ages eight and up. And it just came out in 2022. Its tag is build a collection of riches by trading cards in an I split you choose mechanism. Well, In the Great Split, what you're going to do is you're going to draft cards to collect riches such as gems, gold, artwork, books, adding them to your collections to make it the most prestigious of them all. Now, this is a game where you start each round by splitting your cards into two groups. You'll then pass your wallet to the player on your left, but only one group of cards will be given back to you. You split, they choose the cards. Now, don't despair, though, because while your opponent's looking at your split, you'll also receive a similar offering to the person on your right. So you'll have to choose very wisely in this game. When your hand is complete, play your cards to add the riches to your collection in this track building. Each type of riches awards you prestige in different ways. So maintain balance of your collection of gems. Keep an eye on the value of the art market as it evolves. Pile up your books. And depending on how each player builds their collection, different riches will take on different value for them. You're going to show off your best haggling skills as you make your crafty decisions in your split and create the perfect offer to push your opponent to take what you want them to take while leaving you what you wanted all along. You're going to be prepared when you make mid-game scoring their decision, managing your gold sensibly to get additional riches to make your collection just right now i want to talk about this game and its theme this art deco style theme of like the roaring 20s i think thematically the way the game works uh the way it's presented it very very well done i believe that this style of art even though i'm not a big fan of like the roaring 20s things like that it's it is, it looks good. It really does. Horrible Guild um, has done a great job in choosing that design as well as the artist, um, Weberson Santiago. Great job in stealing it. The art is the same throughout the entire game and that is wonderful. The entire atmosphere of the game, almost like this prestige whiteboard. You have your own individual dual layer player boards um, that you'll that are all just tracks. You'll have tracks for your tomes, tracks for your books, tracks for your art, tracks for your gold, tracks for your gem, tracks for your victory point. There's a very 
pearly white and then all these splashes of color throughout it. I think it looks really, really good. Um, the game, two to seven players. Wonderful. Um, I like it at, I've only played it at player counts of two and three and four. I want to play this at a max seven because it, it, you can accommodate the seven, but you don't necessarily have to be worried what everybody is doing, just the person on your left and the person on your right. So this concept of I split, you choose is nothing new, especially if you grew up with siblings like I did, where, okay, you can split the candy bar, but your brother picks the half that he wants. So it makes this interesting because you have your own personal objective goal. You have a character telling you what resources you already have in your collection, as well as what bonus scoring opportunities you have, depending on the character you have. So you automatically have some type of direction of where you want to go in the course of the game. But man, is it interesting trying to figure out the cards you're wanting to split. Because you start off with a hand of five cards, so automatically you have to put your divider separating three or two. Well, what do you do? Well, obviously if you want to make sure you get back the collection of like art statues that you know you need extra bonuses on, you're going to want to try to get those back. But how much do you give to your opponent on your left to entice them to take that? As the game goes on, that becomes easier. It's like, well, obviously they're they're connect, they're collecting blue and green gems. If I give them a couple blue or green gems, maybe they'll save me my artwork or they'll save me my medals. Or that's very possible. Or maybe they'll look at my board and say, eh, I can't let you get that. He's biteful and take it anyway. This back and forth decision, and not to mention, you have to make that decision for the envelope coming for you. And you don't know what you're going to give back. So you're constantly looking to the person on your left, person on your right. You're seeing both of their boards like... Chances are they're going to give me this over here, but I can't guarantee that. Over there on the left, if I give them this, maybe I can get this back, but I can't guarantee that either. So you try to make this as best you can because you don't definitely don't want to give them four cards. That's not going to happen. So you've got to make it work. Very simple game to teach. Very simple game to teach. I absolutely enjoy this I split you choose mechanism. Um... Not very many games that I know really do this, like the Castles of Mad King Ludwig, Hannah Makoji, Corto, um, It's a Wonderful Kingdom, just for a few that come to my head, but not very many do this um, style of drafting, and boy, do I really like it. That decision of, I'm giving you the choices. There's nobody to blame but me if I don't entice you enough to, to leave me with what I want. And you get that. And you get that decision in all player counts because what's going to happen is even in a two-player game, even at the lowest player count you do, me and my wife played this, and we're constantly looking at each other like, collecting this i know you need this and i really need to keep this back i got to make this enticing as i can if possible we pass the envelopes and then my wife looks at my board and like shrugs her shoulder and takes it anyway from him like i didn't want that you gave me more cards you gave me things to do but it's not the cards i wanted because there's also this sense of urgency in the game because after two rounds you'll do some scoring of some of the art, some of the things in your collection. And then after another round, you'll do another scoring. So 
and then you'll do a final scoring of everything at the end. But it just doesn't matter also how well you've collected these things. You get medals. These medals are a sense in-game scoring. So if you have four medals of, say, statues, and you have collected enough statues to earn eight um, ribbons, well, eight times four is 32 points. And then if you have a character that gives you two additional medals on top of your score, and that's six times eight, 48 potential points. And I, this game has some good scoring. Me and my wife actually tied our last game at 149 points. It is a great, great game. Um, definitely easy to teach. Welcome to have it in the collection. One that I think can easily be brought to anything and anybody can understand it. So what is my rating? And is it one that is for everybody? So my rating, I gave it an 8.5. 8.5, pretty pretty high rating, I say, for, I would not call this a party game, but definitely a great welcoming game, I would say. The weight's not heavy on this at all. I feel like I can teach this to anybody, and even after a round, they'll get it. Like, okay, we're creasing these, and the final scoring, you can go over at the beginning of the game, but not, necess- not necessary, and after the, everybody's played one full game, the next game, they got it instantly. They know what to do. So yeah, 8.5, great game. Now, is it for you, in my opinion? Who's it for? I think this is a game that's really good for any type of hobbyist in this in this board game hobby. It's one that can fit into any collection because it appeals to new gamers. It appeals to one's older gamers. It appeals to those who want a light game. It appeals to those who want a decision, who maybe want that meteor decision, because you can put a lot of thought into how you're splitting these cards, or you can just be like, yeah, I kind of need these, so I'll put these here and I'll pass this on. Or you can really look at the person to your left and right and think what you're going to get. So that can easily happen either way. I really don't think that there is a person or a type of group that I don't think this is good for unless you're just a solo player. Unless you don't have anybody you can play games with and it's just you. That is the only exception I can see in this game. Really. And even then, if you're a solo gamer and if you go to a party or you get to a get-together with your family, this is one that you can easily bring along. I guarantee you can probably get somebody to play just by how beautiful the art is by itself. And that is my review of The Great Split. All right. The second game I wanted to talk about, which is one I didn't think that I would actually end up i gotta pull it up on board game geek here it is munchkin but it's the collectible card game munchkin the collectible card game came out in 2018 it is a two-player only uh collectible card game plays in about 30 minutes ages 10 and up designer is eric lang Art is a lot of people from Katie Cook, Laura DeSouza, John Kovlik, Mike Lucas, and of course, it's Steve Jackson Games. Now, this whole thing 
is where Eric Lang and Kevin Wilson delivered a completely new design in the Munchkin universe. And I'm not a huge fan of Munchkin. I need to play the game again because it's been such a long time and my memory of it's a little hazy. Um, but it's a standalone two-player collectible card game that holds up to competitive levels of play, but has a sense of silliness, which Munchkin is famous for. So in Munchkin, the collectible card game is a combat game which two players level themselves up after each turn, put loot into play to give them benefits to attack or bluff against one another, and you eliminate the other player first, you win. It's a very different game from Munchkin, but it has the same sense of humor as Munchkin's sword, and it's a competitive back-and-forth um, card play. Now, this game has been so interesting because I got it on a whim. As my introductory video, I grew up with trading card games. Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, uh, Duel Masters, to name a few. I enjoyed training card games growing up. Me and my brother were very, very competitive in these trading card games. Back and forth, we'd always make decks, not competitively, but for competitive for each other. If my brother had a strategy, I had a counter in my deck. If I had a strategy, he had a counter in his deck. <laughs> That's all our decks would be tailored for is to battle each other. And we had such a good time trading back and forth cards, building decks, and having some fun with those. And I wanted to have that experience with my wife. Um, I was interested in the upcoming Lorcana TCG from Disney. Um, but we thought, is it something we're really going to enjoy? It's going to be a decent amount of money to invest. And I was fortunate enough to get a good, good sale on um, some, I don't know, call them fat, back, fat packs, booster boxes, 24, like 48 packs of Munchkin cards. And Lacey found some starter decks at, on clearance at the Books a Million. So we just, I decided to pull the trigger and get them for 48 packs for like 16 bucks. Very cheap. So I went in this on the whim of thinking if I didn't like it, I only spent a little bit of money. And let me tell you, I do enjoy it. This is an interesting uh, collectible card game. This back and forth gives me all the aspects of a training card game I like. Building your deck, constructing it, and seeing how it's playing out. There's so many puns and references to other famous TCGs like Explodia, the Palm. Well, instead of Exodia, it's Explodia. Or the Purpley Lotus or things like that, or where it talks about the law offices of like Harv, Harvey Elf, Elfin and things like that. So you have all these puns throughout the entire game, throughout all these cards that is just humorous, that I really enjoy. And what I appreciate about this game is there's not a broken combo to win. There's not an infinite combo. There's not a combo you can do in your deck that'd be like all right you're gonna play out. i'm gonna go get a cup of coffee and when i get back your field's gonna be full and i'm there's no way i'm gonna win you don't, that doesn't work in this game because of its leveling system so your level each turn you start with level one you have one coin that level one to spend that coin can hire a monster to attack can hire an ally to help you play a mischief or a trinket or loot or weapon to help you, a location, 
that's all you get for your first turn is one coin. And let me tell you, it is hard to get past that. Even if you even get more coins, you're probably only going to have one over than what your current level is. And at the end of your turn, you'll level up to two, you'll get two coins. But you don't necessarily have access, you have access to them on your opponent's turn if you have interrupt cards. So you have to decide, do I spend these interrupt cards on my opponent's turn? Because then when it gets to my turn, I have nothing to spend. I can't do anything unless it's a zero cost. And as you know, in TCGs, the lower the level of the card, the weaker it is. Or sometimes the absolute useless the card is. And it's just a filler. It works. It really does. I mean, you have the classifications like you would in your normal TCGs. You have your different colors in this one. You have orange and blue and yellow. And all those cards will coincide with the color you picked. Or or the type of cards will all coincide to each other. And you build it based off of that or neutral cards. 40 card deck. You have a hero with 20 HP. The first person to knock their hero, the opposing hero, down to 0 HP wins. Or if an opponent can't draw a card from their deck, the other person wins. It's That's it. That's the winning conditions. Unless something else says specifically that you'll win. That's it. It is simple. It is such a good uh, collectible card game. So where does it stand on my rating? I gave it an 8. I think an 8 is a great score for this game, especially if you can find such a clearance sale like I did on the Munchkin boxes. If you have somebody who's itching to do a CCG but really has not had the time for it, or maybe they don't want to invest a lot of money into it, this is a great one too. You'll find humor, especially if you grew up into it. You'll laugh. You'll have fun constructing. The power scaling in this game is non-existent because there's new cards are just as good as the old cards. There's not a broken combo. There's no infinite combos. You can't win on your first turn. And it feels like you're playing a game. So I do recommend this game. Now, obviously, if... You're not a fan of collectible card games or trading card games, or you have no interest. This obviously is not one for you. If you're not a two-player only uh, player, it's not going to work for you. Uh, and there's also not a lot of resources for this game either. You can't buy a play mat. You can custom build one for some money, but there is no play mats that you go out and buy. The boxes that originally came for this game, the store, they're non-existent. You'll have to buy some generic ones. Sleeves, generic as well. So this game has kind of fallen off. I know they have some booster uh, packs still releasing, but there's not much support in this game. And that kind of saddens me because it is such a great two-player game. All right. So that's the two games I wanted to talk about today. But what do I want to talk about for next week? Next week, I'm going to bring back my wife for a video. And we're going to do our combined list. I'm going to take this one from Rado. Um, Our combined top 10 welcoming games. So games that we think will be good 
for introducing the new people. And we have in our board game room a, a Calyx, a 3 by 3 uh, and then a single 3 cube of all games that we think are good welcoming games as well as some other ones spread about just because of space and things like that. But we'll go through those. What we think is our best ones, why, and I think it's going to be an amazing video uh, podcast for us to record. Um, so we'll do that next week, and then we'll get some more games to review, some more time. Uh, but thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Have a wonderful day. If you have any recommendations, feel free to reach out. Email me, downboardgamelane at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you back next week. Bye.